You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I think when I was younger, I took much bigger leaps. I know I did. Um, Out of ignorance or choice or or conscious choice? Ignorance is bliss, baby. Um, (laughs) uh, A mixture of both. Because you don't know any better. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Was It Chance, the podcast about embracing opportunity and taking intentional risk for your creative life. I'm Heather Vickery. And I'm Alan Seals. (laughs) You pointed at me when you said that, so I was like, all right, I guess it's (laughs) like you. Uh, Heather and I started off as two perfect strangers. I forgot that was my next line. Who met by chance and embraced opportunity? Listen in as we chat with other successful people about the risks they've taken to put themselves on a path to creative success. Heather, who is our guest today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, we are welcoming Steve Silverman today. Steve is, and, and I usually write a bio for people, but Steve's bio is so good. We're just going with what he sent because it's, Well done, friend. You can tell you're a writer, director, and producer. Steve is critically acclaimed, award-winning writer, director, producer. His work has been called Sly by the Los Angeles Times, which is his all-time favorite single word review. Theater includes all about Steve. That wasn't in the bio. That was just, you know, me getting excited. Okay, whatever. All right. Theater includes All About Steve. It's not a one-man show, but a twist on the classic film All About Eve. His horror comedy, 666 Westbourne Drive, and his musical mashups, I love these, Jesus Christ Superstar Wars, and The King and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Speaking of the force, he's the force behind (laughs) the one-woman show festival, see? 15 Minutes of Femme, and the stand-up comedy show Slideshow. To eat and get health insurance. I love this part. Steve is an award-winning writer, producer, director. That's to eat and get health insurance. The rest of it's for fun. You know, whatever. In the world of on-air promotions, where he's worked for Fox, ABC, CBS, NBC, Bravo, several ad agencies, and most recently, Hulu. Wow. He's directed Whoopi Goldberg, Reba McIntyre, Mindy Kaling, Zoe Deschanel, the original Fab Five from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, and more. Steve's just finished the first draft of his new novel. It's a cozy murder mystery. And you can hear him weekly on his podcast, World Gone Good, where he talks to everyday people like me. He interviewed me, making good here on planet Earth. Whoa, Steve, welcome to Was It Chance? Uh, Thanks for having me. That's the most fun bio I have read from somebody in a long time. 
What what's a, a, a cozy murder oh. mystery? Like how do you snuggle I actually know up what that is. under yeah. a blanket mm. with your loved one and talk about murder? Well, a cozy is where we don't have any, you know, blood and guts and slashing mm-hmm. and and too much violence. It's more like, oh, we found the dead body. I wonder who did it. That's that. It's it's very um it's Agatha Christie would be cozy mystery yeah. writer, believe it or not. And uh, yeah. my my mm. favorite shows, Heart to Heart, Remington Steel, all the old classics. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's softcore so mystery. Exactly. Not exactly. hardcore exactly. mystery. To put it in <laughs> terms that Alan will understand. Okay, I understand. I understand those. <laughs> I understand that. So actually, I don't know how the two of you know each other. Mm. So in, enlighten me and our listeners as to your, your past, because our intro is how you and I met, Heather. And mm. Steve, you and I met... Uh, just minutes ago. <laughs> and immediately and started talking about the wood behind them. Yes, we each have wood, <laughs> and my wood is softer than his wood. It <laughs> seems just, it just happens. Um, so how, how did how did you guys, how did you two meet? And, and what's your... Was it by what chance? Is the chan- what is the oh. chance that led you two together? Well, there was a murder. <laughs> <laughs> it was cozy. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. I, I think we met on Twitter. And I think actually, if I remember right, you, I think, responded to um, a chain of, of tweets from my fr- my really good friend, true friend, Faith Saley, from CBS Sunday Morning, if I remember right, or something like, I, I could have sworn it was her. And then we started talking, and then I followed you, I checked you out, and 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 we were liking each other's things back and forth, and... And I just appreciated that you had really good days like me. And then you have other days there on Heather where you're just like, the world has come to an end. I hate everyone. I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) you're the same person. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) And I do sort of let all of that fly in two places, Twitter and TikTok. And so Twitter, I'll go to Twitter and be like, today is not the day and I am not the person. Like, let's just... (laughs) Get that out of the way, right? And then I'm all like, hey, y'all, take a deep breath. Stop your scroll. Feel good. Tell me something good. <laughs> so, yes, we are we are similar in that way. And I do like, a, a podcast where I have a, of a, 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 I guess, an I, people have an idea of me that I am this, like, happy, all the time, Hallmark card writing, good person who helps little old ladies across the street but really i'm a human being and i'm just like fuck you old lady you shouldn't have left your house <laughs> it's her own damn fault you're gonna get along with the two of us just fine Steve. <laughs> i know because i think people already sh- people get shocked about that with me and i'm like you know like i like i'm i get gassy and i get annoyed that i'm gas like i'm normal ish mm. yeah ish. i ish. get gassy when i help old ladies across the street oh yeah. my it's god and right the one thing so. i didn't want to do today was talk about either of you being gassy actually well, here would you we are go back to the density of our wood <laughs> no 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 i would not let's do how about this one steve that's a really cool bio and um you've d- you've done a lot and we are almost exactly the same age we figured this out when i was on your show the episode is not out yet it's going to come out in a couple of weeks um how did you end up in this writer producer director world what chance uh, did you take <laughs> uh, i so I was graduating college in 1992 and I lined up a job at my university, a great paying job. It even came with its own little apartment. 
and I wow. was gonna take Fancy. it. I was like, "This great job! It starts for you know, it starts right when I graduate." And then my friend said to me, after I accepted the job, she said, "Hey, there's these internships out that we can get into in LA, and um, we should interview for them." So we went and interviewed for these internships, and we inter- interviewed with a couple soap operas, a couple game shows, and a couple talk shows because it was back in the day, everyone, the day being 1992, when in the summer, everybody was on repeats, right? And there was no Hulu and there was no streaming, right? So we had to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the only things that were live or being shot at the time, talk shows, judge shows, <laughs> news, judge soap shows. operas, game shows. And so we came out here, interviewed for a few things. We got an interview with the Soap Opera General Hospital, among many other places. And the next thing I know, I was given an offer along with my friend to be an unpaid intern at the Soap General Hospital for the summer of wow. 1992. And I told a full paying job that I had already accepted with a free place to live on campus <laughs> that my dream was to be a writer and I can't just stay here. Like as much as great as it sounded, time for me to fly. And that was probably the first big chance I took of I would say I had about $3,000 in a savings account and my own car and I uh, graduated on a Saturday night and we drove out Sunday morning to LA and we started in Port Charles, New York, the fictitious town of General Hospital <laughs> on Monday morning. And that's, wow. that's, I mean, you're I talking mean, about chances, insane, insane. That's a but I was big 22. risk. Yeah. Yeah. But even at 22, you got to pay the bills. Yes, and that is why I got a job at the farmer's market selling t-shirts, and I also had a second (laughs) job uh, as a waiter in this really posh, uh, fancy restaurant in Los Feliz, or Los Feliz, however anyone wants to say it, and and I somehow got by, but something interesting happened from there, I'll tell you really quick. Uh, The casting director's assistant, Gwen Hillier, unfortunately her father, I think, either got sick or passed away, and she had to go home for the summer. And I'm in the hallway making zero dollars. It's about three weeks into the zero dollar job that I'm enjoying and loving every minute because it's a TV show, right? It's happening a new episode every day we're filming. And the mm-hmm. casting director, Mark Teschner, walks up to me in the hallway. He says, hey, come in my office. Go in his office. He goes, so Gwen has to go back to New York for the summer. And it was June. He said, can you work the next three months? Can you handle my desk? And I said, yeah. And I figured this was part of the internship. And, and then he says, you. uh-huh. And guess what he wants uh-huh. to pay me in 1992? I'm dying to know. Fifteen dollars an hour in nineteen ninety two. That was that a is, lot of money. Hell, that's a wow. million get that dollars. In states in the country right now. Wow, it a was a dollars. lot. It was a lot of fucking money. <laughs> yeah. So I quit wow. one of the two jobs. I quit the t-shirt job, but I kept the nighttime waitering job, and that was my first job in LA. See, I love that, and I love that um, when you and and I listen. I can't say that this always happens, but I think it often happens when you follow your passion, when you follow the thing that is most true to you, things work out. <laughs> the universe conspires on your behalf. I agree hundred percent. When you 100%. were in, when you were in that uh, scenario at 22, I mean, was this something that you saw yourself doing for many, many years? Or was it just sort of something where you're like, I'm just like, I will just take this chance and see where it leads me. Or this is the beginning of the rest I knew I wanted to come to Hollywood, to LA. I was terrified. You know, I grew up in a small town in New Jersey called Randolph, New Jersey. I went to the University of Arizona. I didn't know what, I had been to LA one time before with friends to, you know, go to Disneyland and go look at the stars on Hollywood Boulevard. I had no fucking clue what I was doing. 
and I just sort of jumped and I took the leap. And I will tell anyone out there, um, yeah, leap, especially at 22. Like that's the thing. Like my niece, my niece graduated college, uh, 23. She was a, she took a, some things happened. Anyway, <laughs> she had to make up a year, but she, she had an opportunity to leave Phoenix, her safety net, you know, where I'm from and go to Philly. And I said, go leap, go, 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 mm. go, go. I supported her hundred percent. We all did. And she's doing mm-hmm. great. She's been there for five years. She is selling heroin and working three <laughs> different corners. She works three different corners at night. We're so proud of her. I think when I was younger, I took much bigger leaps. I know I did. Oh. Um, Out of ignorance or choice or per, or conscious choice? Ignorance is bliss, baby. Um, uh, a mixture of both. Because you don't know any better. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I've heard stories so many times of people saying, if I'd known how hard it was going to be, I would have never done it. Right? And, and then on the same... On, but the same people are also saying, if you don't get outside your comfort zone, if you don't feel uncomfortable, you're not growing. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. And I think, but I think that's the, the gift of youth and then the gift of age is like we could say, when I was 20, if I had known this would be so hard, I wouldn't have done it. Now I'm 40 and I know it's going to be hard and I know what I'm getting myself into and I know it's worth it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent which is why I left my job seven months ago. So I have, I'm, I'm the king of quitting. I think we discussed this, Heather, on my show or, <laughs> or after. Like I, I, I should it. do an entire like one man show. I'm not an actor, but I could do an entire show or write a book on chapter after chapter, story after story of my greatest quitting and what happened immediately after? Because I have always said, I believe, you know, I believe that, that, that idea that there's a, you live in a small town and there's a train and the train is sitting there and, and it's waiting for people to get on and it's waiting for you to get on, but you're not getting on the train and you're not letting the train go. You're saying, well, maybe, well, maybe not. But if you just either get on the fucking train and go somewhere else or let the train go so the next train can come in, it's true in relationships, it's too, true in, in, in friendships, it's true in work, and to some degree, it's true in your family too. And I'm not a therapist, mm-hmm. but that's what I've learned. <laughs> it's all about trains little old ladies and selling heroin on street corners in philly we've solved the problems everyone oh man well we got two two out of three in the bag already (laughs) i did this you guys i did this i initiated this i'm sorry you're welcome so i got the heroin let's see uh heather you got the street corner (laughs) oh Oh, i gotta find a fucking train i have to have the street corner why can't Steve have oh, the street corner? Okay, Steve has a street corner, and you, can, you got to bring the train. Would I'll you rather bring the train. train or the street corner? <laughs> I don't want to be involved. I don't want to be involved. Too bad. This interview is happening. The train is pulled out of the station, and oh. we are taking this opportunity to. No, but what what you're talking about is something we talk about a lot on this show, and in general, is. Um, taking risks that could lead to failure, (laughs) your relationship with failure. You know, my daughters and I talk a lot about quitting because in a lot of places, it's a really dirty word. And I don't think it is. But I think there's a difference in being a quitter versus gathering information and making a different decision. I don't want that anymore. That's not for me. I'm not thriving here. I'm not happy. I can do something different. A hundred percent. When when is it quitting versus cutting your losses? 
that what exactly you, yeah so steve how does that what is that for you you said you're the king of quitting and i think that's what you mean is i've decided to do something different maybe without a backup plan i don't know like can you can you speak to that well, I can tell you when I was 15 years old, I joined the winter track team, which was a brilliant idea in Randolph, New Jersey, when it was like 28 degrees outside. And I thought it was a great idea for us to all run outside for four and five miles at a time. Brilliant. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to try something new. I joined the winter track team. Um, I was a gay kid who didn't quite realize he was gay. And yet apparently everybody else knew at the time. Wish someone had told me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was... Probably somebody tried to. Yeah, I'm sure. I was uh, bullied quite a bit. And I was beaten up um, by team members. Things Really bad things happened. And I reached a point of, this isn't for me. And I talked to my dad about it. My dad said, don't quit. Keep going. You're doing great. And uh, I just said, I can't do it anymore. So I went into the coach. And I'll never forget this because I gave back my winter track you know sweats and you know alf you know <laughs> giant hat and boots I, and everything i think kept straight us warm. people call that a uniform thank you a uniform <laughs> my costume if you will the costume they gave me um, <laughs> and the coach said to me only one thing he said winners never quit and quitters never win lies and i looked him dead in the eye and i just said um, well, I have a black eye at the moment, so I'm going to go. And <laughs> you talk about cutting your losses. I was 15 and I'm like, no, this is not healthy for me. This is not good for me. Yeah. And that has gone on in my life so many times since, especially in my career. And what you said is very important is so many times in my career, I've taken the leap, either made a plan to take it, gotten another job or just said, fuck it. I'm out of here. And I have one classic story that is unbelievable to this day what happened. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to steal this away from you. So if, do you want to hear the story? Would you oh, like the story? Yeah, we do. We are do waiting with bated breath. Would you like me to name names? Would you like me to say places? Because I totally fucking will. I don't care. Spill the tea. Okay, Spill tea. The tea. Hot yes, tea, everyone. <laughs> so I was working at NBC and it was the year 2004 to 2006. And the people I was working with at that time were incredibly homophobic. Um, they were not nice people. Um, I was not like flaming homosexual, but I was the guy who had just come from doing Queer Eye for the Straight Guy on Bravo. So uh, put, do the math, everybody. You know, do that new math as the kids do. Um, I tried the for number line. Yeah, I tried for two years to make that job work. And they bullied me like you would not believe. And they did things to me that were just unheard of. And I put up with it, put up with it, put up with it. And I reached the day because I, you know, this was the NBC team. This is the team you wanted to be on. Everyone is the big network, right? And I just said, no more for me. And um, I wound up resigning. They, I gave my two weeks notice. They walked in and said, you can leave right now. They escorted me mm -hmm. out with a security guard. I was thrilled. They took me to human resources. And because I had given the two weeks notice, everyone, they had to pay me those extra two weeks. I was like, yes, I got the two weeks. Um, <laughs> didn't know this. Got my, my, my vacation pay, the two weeks, the two weeks they already owed me. And then they paid me sick pay. I was like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. I didn't know I got my sick pay. Fantastic. <laughs> and I'm not being bullied. Yeah. I'm not being bullied. We're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And now we're back. So I head to my car with the security guard who says, very nice guy. He says, I'll meet you at the gate. I go, get in the car. I'll drive you over. So I drive him over to the gate. He gets out, take my badge, flash the badge. The gate opens. I hand him my badge, fist bump. I drive out. The gate has not closed behind me. I'm waiting on the driveway for traffic to let me make a right turn. And my phone rings. And I look down and it says ABC Scott. And it is my friend from ABC Daytime Scott. And I answer, I go, hello. And he goes, who do you know who could jump in right now on all my children for us for the rest of the summer? And I said, I'll do it. I go, I'll do it. And he goes, okay, you have a job and I can't afford you. And I go, I don't have a job as of uh, 30 seconds ago and you can afford me. <laughs> and he said, where are you? And I said, I'm leaving. Literally, I just quit. They asked, I, I gave my notice. They asked me to leave. I turned the blinker from, so you can tell I'm from New York because I said blinker, everyone. I turned the blinker. <laughs> <laughs> I hit the blinker, the turn signal from right to left. And I go over to ABC. He takes me to lunch. And at the end of lunch, he walks me into this woman named Valerie's office and Valerie hires me right there on the spot. And I say to them, it was a Monday, I'll start next Monday. I kind of need the week off. And they said, okay. And I took that. But here's the thing. I had not even let the gate close behind me before the next thing presented itself. And would that call have already come through anyway? And would I have been in my office, miserable, being bullied and told Scott, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do it because I like being bullied. Um, Because that's how I talked. And that's my professional voice. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Sorry. But I I will never forget it. And it's true. It is 100% true. And while I won't name names, I name the good people, Scott and Val over at ABC. I won't name the NBC people. Uh, They're long gone. Uh, but and they're probably still assholes wherever they are perhaps so <laughs> but i I'll, I'll never forget that that's the biggest that is the leap that that defied human logic so where i guess the the job that you're there i guess the, the the role that you're filling going from company to company um is it the same thing every time or does it like slightly like you build new new skills it slightly evolves then you leave that one and then like or are you just is it like a, a snowball rolling down a hill or is it a boulder bouncing all off of other boulders? It started as the first a snowball. Then I became a, bo- a boulder bouncing off of other boulders. I had a very wonderful man, David Zachariah, uh, a good friend of mine, a mentor to me, who took a chance on me in 1998. 
Um, I had no background in what's called on-air promotions marketing, zero. But what he said to me is he took me to lunch and he said, I can teach you how to produce. I can teach you how to fill out forms. I can teach you how to select music. I can teach you how to license things. I can teach you how to put a graphic request in. These are all the things I do, right? He said, what I can't teach you is how to write and you, sir, can write. And that was all based on he read a sample of my writing that a friend of mine had seen a play of mine up. And she had me send a few pages to him. Hilariously, David, if you're listening, I love you dearly. Hilariously, I sent him 10 pages. And he actually said, because he's such a TV exec, you know, I only read the first two pages. And I'm like, right, because the other. Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have three more minutes to read the other eight. No, but I don't know. But I was so grateful. And he said to me at the time, he said he inherited. He was at the then WB Network. Remember them? Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Dawson's Creek. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. The, this little, is 19- little frog. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the yep. Frog, the, yep. The, the, the Feb on the frog. Frog mascot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feb on the frog. That's what we used to call it for yep. February. And fresh from the frog, <laughs> um, Michigan J. And uh, he said to me, he stepped over from NBC, inherited a great staff of producers, but he didn't have a strong writer. And he said, "I need a writer like you." And that's where it started for me. And then from there, once you learn all the skills, you can take them anywhere. And that's what I did. That's insanely cool because that you're just instead of like jumping off of one platform to another, you're stair stepping up to the next thing, yeah. and and that's that's incredibly smart. And and I I guess well, I was gonna say it's it's incredibly uh, fortuitous that it's happened that way. But in the concept of this podcast, how were you going through knowing that you needed to take another step up? Other than like the NBC story you told, that was an obvious exit. You got to get out of there. But for the rest of these, you're jumping from Fox to ABC to CBS and Bravo and other ad agencies. Hulu. And now most recently Hulu. And he's directed <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, I'm reading the bio okay. again. There you go again. Um, there you go. Yeah. So uh, going from step to step how do you decide when it's when it's time to step again sometimes i didn't have a choice because i was only hired as a freelancer and sometimes it was a month-to-month thing where they'd be like okay we're gonna pick you up for another month or we're gonna pick you up for another month uh at the wb they could only keep me us for up to 11 months and then we had to take one to three months off because of the california state rules because otherwise they would have had to hire us and give us full benefits because mm. you can't keep a freelancer going that long. See, it's a whole mm-hmm. legal thing, Sucks. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it did. Oh, that sucks. And it didn't play in their favor one time because they let me go. And uh, CBS, again, the world works in really weird ways. I sent my blind reels out on VHS, everybody. <laughs> VCRs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and... Um, This man named uh, Ron called me from CBS and he said, hey, we'd like to pick you up for a bit to freelance for us. I said, great. And uh, he said, what's your day rate? And I was like, "Uh," and I was smart enough to, uh uh-huh. I was like, okay, I'm not going to say what I made at the WB. I upped it and I made this ridiculous like this to this. Like for instance, everybody, like I said, 100 to 300 a day. It was more than that. He offered me the top amount. Said, okay, we'll pay you the top amount. I was like, fuck, I should have said more. (laughs) But I was like, wait, what? So I started working with them. And then it was revealed um, much later, Ron Scalera, may he rest in peace, he has passed. He was in a hallway talking with the other Ron who hired me. And I stepped up to them, talked to them for a second. And Ron was, Scalera was the head boss. And he said, oh yeah, Steve, Steve. And he turned to Ron and he goes, hey, whatever happened to my buddy's son, Steve? And... 
my Ron, Ron Mulligan looked at him and said, what are you, what are you talking about? I hired him. He's right here. He goes, no, no, this guy's great. This guy's great. Where's my buddy's kid? And that's the moment that Ron Mulligan realized he hired the wrong Steve. <laughs> oh, that's funny. He was supposed to hire this other person. And he thought I was, and I go, oh my God. And it had been like two months in. And I thought to myself, oh, this is why you're all being so fucking nice to me. Because you think <laughs> I'm the president's son, friend's son's kid, whatever. But that's how it just worked out. And that's another oh, one of those weird a, uh, situations of like, how did that happen again? How was a, my tape sitting there? And now you're you're still in that identity, assuming his life. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's actually the one that got murdered in the cozy. <laughs> he is oh, the cozy what? murder. <laughs> this just became a totally different podcast. This is like, what do they call it? A cold case? A cozy cold case. <laughs> It's a cozy case. Mm. No. Oh, wow. I mean, you, I don't know if it's luck or odd chance. I don't know what it is, but it is fascinating. So you was recently. It was it chance? Exactly. Was it chance? We can bring that in. Was it? It obviously <laughs> was. Uh, and some lucky fucking chance because some people's chance yeah. isn't so lucky. Yeah, look um, at that kid. Look at the kid who's sitting at home. Recently. Like, where? They, that kid, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Look at that kid who's sitting at home going, They were supposed to f- give me a job. Yeah, why aren't they calling? <laughs> hey, dad, dad, you said, said you knew the president. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> dad, you said you knew the president. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Isn't that ridiculous? Uh, dad, I want to play StarCraft. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that. Uh, would you say, I want to say seven months ago, but I don't know if that's right. You left Hulu. You were like, eh, I'm not, I'm not. Feeling no, I this. left Fox actually. Oh, you left Fox. Work- Fox. I had worked okay. for 11 years for Fox, uh, six years, six years. And then another five years. I took a break in the middle and my job came back up and I retook it in 2017 and I left them in March. Yes. I left them because they went back on their word on something and again, it was a sign to me of, okay, and it was a major thing. It was major. And the thing that went off on my head, which is you're comfortable, you make a great salary, but are you happy being treated this way? And if I had just said, oh, that's okay, and agreed with it, then, then I am not the person that I am. And I'm not, I'm not, as I like to say, sometimes the son of Jay Silverman, may he rest in peace, because that is a giant fuck <laughs> no. And it, it is too huge what they pulled. And um, they know it, and I know it, and uh, we parted ways. And that was that. And I walked. I, I understand. I, I've been there the last time that happened to me. I will not stand either for my m&ms not being separated by color like they promised i am all about that and i get it's it. it's in your artist agreement right 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 writer director and producer um do you is that all now encompassing of what you do in the current collective skill set or do you choose like i'm gonna do one today i'm gonna do one tomorrow today and tomorrow being relative terms for this job that job but are you bouncing <laughs> around between um different 
roles or is it all like as you've gone in your career is it all merged into one massive steve i think it's merged into one massive steve i will say i'm like again referencing 70s my favorite shows charlie's angels when charlie calls and says he has a writer's job i go to the writer's job (laughs) whatever it is my the the easiest comfort zone for me i don't maybe not easiest but my favorite place is the writing that's my favorite and I just the the I I the, the the lovely group who I left seven months ago called me a month and a half ago, needing a rescue on something. I'm not bragging; they couldn't figure it out, and they said, <laughs> "Can you do this for us?" And it's not the people who did what they did; it's my direct friend who was the person I used to work for, who I adore. And I said, "Sure," and that's where I'm I'm happiest and I'm most, most comfortable. But it always, it, to me, and I say this all the time, you know, for what I do and what I've always done, whether it's plays or web series or podcasts or promo marketing, whatever it is, it starts on the page. You have to start, you have to start with a concept, a written down concept. And that's what just happened with them. They were off to shoot something in jolly old England and, um, didn't have a concept? They didn't have a, they had a concept, but they didn't have the script. No script. And so they Oops. sent me the concept. And so, <laughs> <laughs> Even I know that's ridiculous. They, 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 they asked me to script it, but, but get, don't, don't be fooled. I have worked for many a company that have zero concepts, schedule a shoot day and have told me, go direct the shoot. And I go, okay, what are we shooting? What's happening? Uh-huh. What are we doing? And they'll tell me, oh, get a bunch of beauty shots of the cast and we'll, we'll create a, we'll figure it out back, backwards. Like, so isn't that what odd. Shonda, wait, doesn't Shonda Rhimes do it that way? Isn't that how? Yeah, she, I don't, I don't care. If she does, then it's perfect because Shonda Rhimes is fucking perfect. Are you kidding me? Holy shit. That woman has all my love. Wow. She is incredible. She is? Well, I, now I'm jealous because you promised oh. me something. Oh no. boy, you're my podcast well, she husband. She didn't give you separated M and M's. She does not in love with you anymore. I know, I know. <sighs> it's time think, for um, you to quit. <laughs> time for me to. Uh, does find she really do this. that? I have to research that now. I'm, I'm like a separate M and M's. No, that was deep. no, I it, no. I think it's like a uh, what is it? An urban myth about Aerosmith or Rolling Stones or somebody? They, part of their writer was that they want. Their no, M, that's their, their it was um, separated Mary. Mariah uh-uh, Carey did it. It was a rock star. I want to really? say she probably did, but like I want to say, like Dave Grohl or somebody. So here's the reason I know that this is funny, and maybe maybe it's funny. When my oldest daughter turned seven, now I was an event professional event planner back in those days, and I had my ex spouse's income, which was really helpful. I used to throw really big fucking birthday parties for my kids, so we rented out a nightclub. And we had for a seven-year-old. Yeah, um, it was a daytime party. It wasn't at night, and we had Olivia's rock and roll birthday bash. Right, so we did it all. I brought in. You guys probably do not know who Ralph Covert from Ralph's World is, but he's a very popular children's musician. We brought him in to sing, and we deconstructed all of the goodie bags so it looked like a merch counter, and there was an open bar for the parents, and she had her own logo, and we had jewelry and t-shirts and bags, and it was really fun. But the in- we had writers on the wall, and she still has it hanging on her bedroom wall. Um, the artist requires only 
you know, red and yellow peppers, no green peppers allowed on the premises. Like we took all of that from one of these star writers. And I want to say maybe it was Pearl Jam. I want to say it was Pearl Jam. <laughs> no, no green peppers. Um, it was it was M&M's. You're right. It was M&M's. But we just did it like just to be fun and, and silly. Uh, and yeah, it was cool. I can so throw the, a mean fucking party. The Red Hot Chili Peppers know? say no M&M's, only peppers. Only <laughs> but wait, peppers. do you know, do you know that a red pepper, a yellow pepper and a green pepper are all the same peppers? Did you know that? Yes, but do you know that they really don't taste the same? Because if you no, taste a green but pepper the green, right. and then a yellow, orange or red, they taste different. Yes, but a green pepper is just not ready. A yellow Correct. is middle. And then a red is, is ready and an orange are ready to go. I never knew that. I thought they were yep. fucking three different things. Yeah. We grow them in our garden. Oh, oh I have a in composter. The suburbs of Chicago. Come over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bring, that your, was bring your used food aside. over and then he'll Yeah, bring, over, bring, bring your shit over. Com- come on. We'll put it in the composter. Gonna have a com- <laughs> <laughs> come on. I'll just pop on over. Let me just, let me just walk on over as soon as we're done here. Yeah, it's good. Uh, <laughs> You know what I loved about Steve? the story you just told is that you, your way you told about Ralph, because we've been talking about cozy murders, I just was thinking like, and then we kidnapped him and we forced him to perform it for my daughter on her birthday. <laughs> we did not. We paid him. Good uh, money. Going, nice. going back to stories, Steve, you never told the part where the security guard got out of your car. So I figure the security guard went with you to ABC. He's still in or it. Is, or is still in your car. <laughs> He's still there. It's 18 years later. I know. I was waiting for like, and the security guard oh got out, God. but no, no, no I came. So I go to Trader so, Joe's and every now and then I'll get him like a power bar and be like, just, you're fine. I cracked the window. <laughs> like, thank you. Thank you, Steve. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Steve, why do you turn I want to know about the musical mashups because the names, I even heard Alan giggle as I read them out loud. Um, those are fun. Can you tell us what led to those and... Are you going to do more? I mean, come on, Jesus Christ, Super Star Wars, and, and does the Tim, King, and I know did Tim did Rice ever summer. know about this? Because we know Tim. <sighs> Rice. Okay, we okay. So, um, all right. So, everyone, there's this thing called parody that allows you to not <laughs> yes. pay royalties. Okay, everyone, yes. let's just start there. Yes, I don't need Lucasfilm yes, coming after me. <laughs> Alan and I recently talked about parody because some some colleagues of ours have been not, in that not free use parody is not boat. free use yeah well <laughs> uh my friend danny at the time uh he and i were just i i don't remember where we were but we were talking and we were talking about doing new you know we do we used to do shows all the time theater i used to put things up and i hadn't put anything up in like a few years and he was kicking around some ideas he said he wanted to do this thing called the double double feature and I said, okay, what is it? And he said, it's where we do a mashup because he liked to make, he liked to take titles and put them together. So he came up with Jesus Christ Super Star Wars, which laid me out. I just thought that was fucking brilliant, hilariously funny. And we sat down one day and we were just like coming up with titles. And I was just going, now this is 2002 or three, everybody. So there were no smartphones. I was just going through what I call my brain, <laughs> trying to remember musicals and the king and i came up with you know and i fucking love i know what you did last summer and it just came out of my mouth i said the king and i know what you did last summer and we both cracked up laughing well i wrote the king and i know what you did last summer he wrote jesus christ superstar wars i think i remember i got stuck somewhere along the the line 
and I handed it off to him. He handed me what he did for Jesus Christ Super Star Wars. He did it to the letter, like the beat by beat of both musical and movie. It was like, oh wow, it was long. Everybody, it was like a hundred pages. <laughs> And I was like, our wood anymore, right? No, no, okay, (laughs) no, 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 no. That's long gone. Um, And I'm older than you. Why are we even joking about this? Jesus Christ. Uh, Okay, so um, (laughs) I am the king of cutting. I am a hot-blooded American male. (laughs) I cut shit left and right. Cut, 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 cut. I'm gonna cut this. Don't worry. Um, I I cut down Jesus Christ Super Star Wars. He figured out the end of the king, and I know he did last summer. At the time, I was working at Bravo. Bravo and Days of Our Lives, the soap operas, we soap opera, we shared the same parking lot. My parking space was directly next to an actress named Judy Evans, who is still on the show. She used to get out of her car with her dog. She'd bring her fucking dog to work for her dressing room. And this dog and I, this dog jumped all over me. I fucking loved her dog. So we'd walk in together almost every morning because she got in around in the same time I did. And... I just hit her up one day and I said, hey, will you read this? I literally handed her like the the the, the paper printed out version of The King. I know what you did last summer. She read it and two days later said, I want I want to be in that. And and we just started casting it and we did it. We put it up. It was it was a success. It wasn't that big of a success, everybody, because it's a little theater's tough. And um, yeah. I will say, as I always say, opening night, closing night, sold out. The rest of it, meh. Um, and, uh, uh, we had a great time. It was really silly and really insane. And, and I think my favorite part that I wrote in the King and I know you did last summer cause it was so non sequitur is Anna is meeting the children and three kids come out and she, they stomp out and they announce their names and we made a little song for them. And, uh, she's like, Oh my gosh, there's just so many of them. I've lost count. And one of the other characters <laughs> just turns around and goes, there's three of them. And I don't know why that made me laugh, but it like the audience exploded every night. Like there's three of them. <laughs> so yeah, that was the King and I. There's, uh, there is no plans to um, risk being sued again. Uh, but I am putting, <laughs> you enjoyed that Heather. Wow. No, it just, it made me laugh. And then I snorted loudly. <laughs> and then I, just dumb. It's dumb comedy. <laughs> I started laughing and oh sorry oh it's been a long week <laughs> it is dumb it is funny i actually love the king and i so i get i get the joke i don't know maybe that's why we're gonna take a quick break stay tuned for more of the episode when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now we're back. 
<laughs> well, and the King and I Know What You did last summer, which was really fun. I She invites her three best friends. It's Annie from Annie, Maria from The Sound of Music, and Grizabella <laughs> from um, Cats over. Cats. They... <laughs> They do a bunch of drugs. They get in a car. We played Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car by Billy Ocean. And then That's they drive amazing. over they drive over the King of Siam and kill him. And then they bury the body. <laughs> and then a year oh later, God. they start getting the letters that say, I know what you did last summer. I know what you did last summer. I know what you did last summer. And then the other part, and you can cut all this, but if you find it enjoyable, the other part that cracked us up is I wrote in this one part, which I, I still am so proud of myself for writing. Uh, my friend Victoria played... Um, Maria from the Sound of Music, they're like, did you get the letter? And all four of them go, yes, I got the letter. Oh my God, I got the letter. Oh my God, the letter. And Maria's just standing there smoking. She's, you know, the nun smoking. <laughs> and um, Anna turns and goes, all right, Maria, why aren't you freaking out right now? And she goes, well, what the fuck am I supposed to be freaking out about? She goes, I got the letter. I know what you did last summer. Doesn't, doesn't going to do anything about it. She just tosses the letter. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared. She, that's the part of the of I know what you did last summer that always made me laugh is like so you got a fucking letter that said I know what you did so <laughs> Where, where's the Con- where's the hook congrats where's, where's the, the hook <laughs> Why, where's my motivation why do I care but that is the last show I put up that was 2004 2005 and this March um, what's that 18 years later my new show happy birthday McKenna is going up for four weekends in Hollywood. I've already booked the theater, and um, it is a very, very dark, wrong family comedy, um, and I'm I'm really excited about it. So that's the next thing I'm working on. Well, you're that's cool. How did that come about? My agent I mean, 18 years me, is a long time. Yeah, just telling me you're you're asking me to audition. So when I find oh. the time, I'll get you that uh, I'll get you that self tape. <laughs> please, He's please send not in joking. for the completely the thing, wrong Steve, person. He, he, he are you an actor? Wants to be in your show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But are you loosely, an actor? But loose, oh. By loose definition, yeah. He's got a theater degree. No, I don't. You're I really, don't. you're really you selling yourself right now. I gotta, I gotta compare. <laughs> okay, you want to make this about me for a second? Let's make it about me. Now you know I'm an actor. Um, I have a theater degree. Maybe I should audition. I I got a computer science degree and fell back because I on it during the writer's strike in 2007, which maybe you remember, Steve. So I was acting professionally uh, in musical theater, moved to New York, and there was nothing to audition for because it was November of 07. And I've been in New York now coming up on 15 years and have never acted in New York because I've been doing computer-ish things ever since, getting into uh, all the, the entertainment along with it. So there you go. There's my very long story. But he story really wants to be in a show, so... Yeah, like so bad. He would really like to be in yours. If I'm, in my, if I'm doing my authentic self, then I got to call in a favor here and get in somebody's show. <laughs> <laughs> well, my show's in Hollywood, California. How are you going to handle that if we cast you? Oh, well, I can, what about I those can, kids and that day job? They can, they, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. It'll all how be fine the, for four weekends. How old are the kids? Uh, by that point, they'll be six and eight. Oh, you just leave a pound of chopped meat in the middle of the kitchen on the floor. Yeah. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I just, a pound of chopped meat and some Pokemon cards and they'll entertain themselves for days. Well, maybe we can go and see the show at least, Alan. That'd be fun. Why are you talking me out of his audition mindset? Oh, don't I'm sorry. Don't Wait, how can Alan me. audition for your show? Don't friend zone me on this one. <laughs> 
Well, my very good friend, Faith Saley, who I mentioned earlier, who is a correspondent on CBS Sunday Morning, we met because she's an actress as well, and she wants to find off-Broadway or Broadway producers and do it in New York. Steve, what led you to doing your podcast, A World Gone Good? Oh, boy. I've told the story so many times on my show. Uh, it was Sorry. 22- it's okay. No, 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 no. No, it's okay. Uh, it is August... 2020 the world is in the shitter there's no the pandemic is going nuts we don't know who we're gonna have as a president we don't know if we're gonna survive we don't know what the hell is happening i went out for a run um and i'm on one of my runs and i am walking to start to warm up and find a podcast and i'm flicking through podcasts and i cannot find a fucking podcast for me everything was annoying me everything was too many commercials or too many plugs of this thing that they were plugging or whatever it was. And I literally just said, Oh my God, right out loud. I stopped and said, out on the street, I just go, Oh my God, can someone just make me a podcast about good things? And thus that is what I did. I created a podcast called world gone good. And over a hundred episodes later, we're still going. And that's, that's where it all started. What has been your uh, favorite moment about podcasting? that you look back on and you're like, I would have never expected that to take me here. When Heather Vickery came on my show and then invited me on Good here. Show. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> I think honestly, it's just reestablished my belief that this planet we are on is not as awful, horrible, shit-tastic as Twitter tells us that it is every single fucking day. And <laughs> I think that for me, it took me back out of the hole of darkness. And um, what I did when I started is I had no clue what I was doing, but I knew how to edit. I knew how to record. And I thought to myself, all right, let me just see what I get. I actually recorded with 18 different people, some strangers, some friends. I went up using, I think, 17 of 18 of them as shows. But just getting that influx again of humanity, real people doing little things, some in a big way. I mean, listen, I'm not going to lie. We've had, um, there's a guy named Murphy, Murph, and he travels all over South America. He's huge on TikTok. Uh, He's called Murph's Life. He asks people online to donate, and within five minutes, I'm not kidding, not five minutes, but a day, he'll get 50 grand, and he builds someone a house. And I I randomly uh, messaged him and said, hey, I'd love to have you on my show sometime. And he wrote me back and said, I'm free in 45 minutes. <laughs> and I was how like, about oh, now? how about now? <laughs> and I was like, I've written nothing down, everybody. And he couldn't do, you know, the stuff we we're using. So I had to use Zoom, which I fucking hate. But um, I know I know I love Zoom. I love Zoom. Yay, Zoom. If they're no. a sponsor. I'm Zoom's sorry. Zoom's a pain okay. in the ass. They're Zoom's not. a pain in my ass. And the audio's for shit. And it's a mess <laughs> and whatever. But it's those moments of right in the moment meeting someone and giving that spark back to me and that's the best thing that it's done for me it's it's i mean i do the whole i mean you you all know i i do the whole fucking thing myself that security guard hasn't gotten out of the fucking car one time he hasn't come in (laughs) to help me one guys can you at least give me a cell phone to call my dog let's go (laughs) oh i have some bad news about your dog it's been 18 years oh boy (laughs) (laughs) all right there's one more question here that we like to ask wrapping up our wonderful episodes um what is 
looking back at your career and so much of it, what's one thing that you perceived as a failure at the time that you now realize was a chance for doing something really great? So I'm 22 years old and I am the intern at General Hospital. And sometimes I had to work late because there was a lovely woman named Joan, loved her to death. She was the receptionist and she left right at five o'clock and then a different intern had to take over from like five to eight and answer the phones in case anything came through from the networks, right? But you also had to get dinner delivered to the producers. So I had the dinner order, put it in, dinner arrives and I walk it down. It's like a quarter to eight o'clock, whatever. It's like 745 at night. Who cares? I walk into Wendy Rich's office. She is the executive producer of the show. And I put her dinner down and I ask her if she needs anything else. And she goes, no, I'm good. And she's working on her computer and I start to leave and she goes, Hey, Hey, Hey. And I turn around and she goes, what is your name again? And I said, Steve. And she nods at me and she goes, Steve, what is it? What do you, what do you, what are you? What do you do? (laughs) (laughs) And I get this big, bold, like, okay, this is it, everybody. This is my moment. And I say, (laughs) I'm a writer. And she says, really, what have you written? And I say, because I hadn't written a goddamn thing. And she just looks at me and opens her dinner, takes a bite of her dinner and goes, go home and write, Steve. Oh, and I left. That's good advice. It was the most devastating, holy fuckness that ever happened in my life. But it was the most powerful advice because it was so fucking simple. I wanna lose weight, I wanna lose weight, I wanna lose weight. Stop eating and go to the gym. I don't want to be an alcoholic. Stop drinking. It's not that difficult, everybody. You just sometimes need to hear from somebody else. And again, talk about chance. Flash forward close to, I want to say 20 years, 19 years later, I'm on a plane. And a woman is walking up and down the aisle and she's got a little Blackberry or whatever she's writing on. And I look up and I think to myself, that's Wendy. I haven't seen her since 1992. It had to be like 2010. And she went back down and sat down. I went down the aisle, turned around. I squatted down. I said, are you Wendy Rich? And she said, I am. And I said, you will not remember me at all. I said, I worked at General Hospital in 1992. And she said, I'm sorry, I don't remember you. I said, well, let me tell you. And I told her the story back. And she sat there crying. Oh, And her sister was sitting next to her and her sister kept going, yep, that sounds like you. You're such a fucking bitch. That's what you'd say to somebody. Like like they're total New Yorkers, right? And then Wendy said, Wendy took my hand and said, I'm so sorry, Steve. I had such a, I have such a big mouth sometime. And I said, what are you sorry about? Is the best advice anyone's ever, you made it so simple. And guess what? I did what you said. I went home and wrote and guess what? It all worked out. I said, in any time, I get stuck or I think I can't do something. I just remember back to 22 year old me getting his nuts chopped off in public, <laughs> not in public, but by somebody I wanted to impress. And she just made it so simple. Wow. And that's, that's, that's the moment of my life, my professional life that I will never, ever, ever forget. I and anyone that. else could have walked out of there and said, that fucking bitch, fuck her, you know, no. It was the best yeah. moment of my life. That's, that's so great. cool. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. I, and, and so that's a really great segue into uh, 
how do people connect with you? How can they get your little cozy murder book when it comes out? <laughs> if they want to, you know, find you on TikTok and you're on Instagram and you're, how can people find you and follow you and read all the amazing things you write and come see your play and all that good stuff? Well, we just got the website hbmplay.com. It stands for Happy Birthday McKenna. That's the name of the show. HBM, I don't think anything happens when you go there right now because we haven't put jack shit up on it, but it will be sometime soon, soon. You can find uh, us, my podcast, at worldgonegoodpodcast.com. Everything's right there. Wherever you listen to podcasts, World Gone Good. On Instagram, we're world Go- at World Gone Good Podcast. But yeah, come join us. Come have some fun with us. And, and my book, I don't know. Look for me on Good Morning America. I don't fucking know. We'll see. <laughs> I'm putting that out there. When is the book supposed to come out? I'm is hoping it- it'll come out uh, six months, maybe six months. I'm going to go okay. down the whole publishing publishing route, try to find myself a lit agent. And I used to have one. And, uh, I mean, you got more connections her, than most know. people do. So go get it. <laughs> Yo, that agent is lit. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> And with that, folks, we're going to say thanks so much, Steve. This was fun. Lots. I mean, I laughed so hard I snorted. So it's it's a, it's been a good day. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, putting up with Thank me. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Thank you. You guys go and follow Steve. Listen to Girl World Gone Good. Girl uh, Gone it's Good. It's a lot of fun. You'll feel good when it's over. Uh, so thanks. Bye, Steve. Thanks, everybody. Steve. <laughs> Steve! Steve! <laughs> Steve! Alan! 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 I can't believe we didn't bring that that old gopher meme into our conversation. It didn't occur to me until now. I don't even know what you're talking about. Really? Really? It's a gopher that pops its head up and it and it's just it's making its noise. Like uh ah, uh ah, and then someone has dubbed over uh Alan! 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 Like and then he's like, oh. Alan's not here. Steve! Steve! Anyway. Um, nope. I'm going to insert it right now. Alan! 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 Oh, so that's not Alan. Steve, that Steve. Steve! 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 And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. With your new episode of Was It Chance, folks, you never know. It could be Heather snorting. It could be random gophers. It could be anything. (laughs) Steve is a really funny guy. I love that uh, he is all about, like, he's writing now. He's podcasting. He's putting himself out there. And his whole career is based on on creating for others. And now he's doing Mm -hmm. it for himself. So Mm -hmm. it's this nice shift that, uh, that... I think at our old age of 25 <laughs> that of course we need to see ourselves doing right. You know what? It feels to me like if you're going to be in this line of work, in this line of creative work, he's in this beautiful sweet spot of having the ability to do these things that he loves and then just jet on over and save the day on this or that show, uh, you know, jump, pop in for a month or two and write something and add to that IMDb resume and then go back to your cozy little room or a murder novel what's cool about this is that it it kind of exposes how shows get made in that there's writers literally who are hired just for one episode or multiple like an episode arc 
You know, he'll come in, uh-huh. swoop in for one to two months, save the show. You put in air quotes of like, <laughs> oh, ratings are down a little bit. I guess we need some more. And so write in like this crazy story arc that then brings it all back and then moves on to the next one. It's kind of like, like the mercenary writers of Hollywood. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And um, I think it'd be really fun if his play, Happy Birthday McKenna, comes to New York and you guys get to collaborate. Fuck Yeah. That's right? it. That's going to happen. Make was some that, shit happen. Chance? It was in chance. It was chance. kismet. It was chance. Kismet. That's the subtitle of this podcast. It was kismet. <laughs> it was kismet. We have a good time. That's all I know. Yes. Yes. Well, I love now that this is the second Twitter friend that you've brought into real life. Uh, so I, I need, I'm, I'm going to need to learn from this and just start like liking people's random tweets and then... I guess in return, start tweeting. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you got to start conversation, right? Like we started real conversation, and we follow each other's stuff, and then the next thing you know, you kind of feel a camaraderie, and you go, "Well, hey, let's let's do something together. Let's connect outside of this little bird box." And uh, you never know what's going to happen, folks. If you like listening to was it chance we have a couple of requests first is tell us that you like it go into your favorite podcast app uh subscribe follow like rate review do all that stuff uh it helps other people find us and it just warms our tiny little hearts and makes us feel happy so please do that you can find us on instagram at was it chance you can email us at was it chance podcast at gmail.com and of course find us on the web at wasitchance.com. <laughs> we really do want to hear from you. We'd love to know what chance you're taking. What kind of intentional risk are you embracing for your creative life, your happiness, and your success? You've been listening to Was It Chance about embracing intentional risk for your creative life. I'm Heather Vickery. And I'm Alan Seal. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Adios. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.